My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and we're live with The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Uh, as I'm recording this, uh, things are whew, getting pretty intense out in the world. The coronavirus is sweeping the, uh, the global community. Uh, you might uh, hear a difference in how I sound. All of my beautiful, fancy equipment for recording is at home. So I do apologize if the quality in my, in my uh, uh, recording has gone down a little bit. Hopefully you can understand me just as well. So... Uh, I am streaming to you live on Facebook. Please feel free to join me. Today, I want to talk to you about how changing your perspective can change absolutely everything. Like Your entire life experience can be different um, if you change how it is that you're seeing something. Not just like, oh, it'll, you know, you're shifting a belief or you're, you know, you're, you know, oh, I'm, I'm thinking differently. So I'm, I'm, or I'm imagining things differently. It is absolutely profoundly something that will, will change your actual life. Uh, looks like I'm coming through just fine on Facebook live. Thanks guys so much for checking in the little sound check there, making sure everything is working. So, um, today I'd really like to take your guys's calls. So if you have a question, <clears throat> whether it's about perception or it's about life, love, relationships, the pandemic, how you're, how you're feeling through the pandemic, give me a call, check in. The number is 828-333-4686, and I am here live to answer you. So again, it's 828-333-4686. So if this is your first time joining me, by all means, welcome. Uh, this is The Art of Attraction. It is um, it's my, my little passion project. I just love it. I literally... <clears throat> Sorry, I swallowed some water wrong a little bit right before I, I got on the air. Um, this is, is a, a, a platform where I can just teach my work. I'm, I'm a coach. I teach on all sorts of subjects. Um, a lot of this podcast has been on helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. But because of my approach to that, which is really in how um, we're, we're self-sabotaging psychologically, how you're holding yourself back from what you want, the work that I do is not dating specific. It's not men specific. That was a, a, it's a niche, right? For marketing. It was, it was a way that I could communicate what it is that I do, but the work itself goes so much deeper. I have clients who've come to me because they wanted to uh, be literally rock stars. They wanted to be a, a, a performer on stage and their anxiety was just horrendous and they couldn't um, achieve what they wanted to do. So they work with me for a couple of months and now they're on stage, you know, doing gig after gig and they're loving it and they're radiant and there's no more anxiety, right? That doesn't have anything to do with dating, except that it does, because if you're nervous in one place, you'll probably be nervous in another place, right? That's not always the way it is, but it's a general overall tendency. So, um, so that's one example. Um, I've had people come to me <clears throat> because they want to attract the right woman and the right man. I've had, I've had both. I work with women as well. Um, I have a, a woman I'm working with right now who's hired me to train her how to be an energy healer. So I studied in energy healing for uh, four years intensively. And overall, this personal development work I've done for about 17 years. So this has really been, uh, it's my life journey. It's my passion. I, I'm more excited about it than anything else. I just, <laughs> I just light up when I talk about it, I think, because it's, it's truly, it's, it's just, you're just freeing people. It's like, if you can imagine everybody sort of being on leashes that are sort of staked to the ground and I'm just going around in life and pulling up people's stakes and they're just like running free and being like, oh my God, life is so much more fun, so much 
easier, so much more effortless now that I can, now that I'm not tied down by this bullshit that I've, I've kept, I've held in my system for 10, 20, 50, 60 years, you know, the stuff that, and I say bullshit in the sense that it's not your authentic self, not that it doesn't have a good reason to be there because every single thing you find has a good reason to be there. So, um, so all of these defenses have, have, uh, have a, a solid uh, foundation. There's a reason why they've formed. There's a reason why, um, you know, you, you got overwhelmed when you were a kid, you had a childhood wounding is what we call it, a, a trauma of some kind. And these traumas lodge in your system. The, the trauma that you experience from that wounding moment, you go, oh my God. And you freeze a little bit on some level. And as you, as you grow, you actually literally grow around that wounding. And let's just equate that wounding with your perception. Okay. What do I mean by that? Well, when you have that wounding, you make a certain conclusion about the world, right? Your, um, your mom couldn't nurse you enough when you were a kid because she was busy and she had shit to do. And so she'd be like, okay, you've had enough. And you were like, oh my God, I'm not going to get enough. That scared you because if you think about it from a child's perspective, if they don't get enough food, they'll die. And so your psyche makes that connection. It goes, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then you draw a conclusion. This is totally subconscious. You then draw a conclusion. And the conclusion is, um, will be something like, I'm never going never gonna to get enough. And you grow around that. That's how you perceive the world because that's what you think is true. <laughs> you see this? It's fascinating. I'm just fascinated by this. <clears throat> because that then shapes your entire life experience. It shapes how you feel about yourself. And not just your inner world. Well, it does, excuse me, it, it is just your inner world, but your inner world shapes your entire outer world. So the inner world is all there is. It's not just like, oh, I don't feel good about myself, but people definitely love me. It's like, no, no, no. If you don't feel good about yourself, you can't receive people's love <clears throat> because your perception of yourself will always win out over other people's perception of you. That's the good news and the terrible news. That's why if you're really insecure and you're in a relationship with somebody who loves you, loves you, loves you, it, you're, no matter how much they tell you that you know, you're amazing and wonderful and fantastic, it doesn't really change your opinion about yourself most times because you've already kind of decided how you are. <clears throat> with the right person, that can shift over time, but it's not because they're telling you, it's that there's they're, they're doing it in a way that it's going into your psyche. That's where the healing needs to take place. That's where I work, right? I work on the, the, the layer of this is who I've decided I am. And this is who I, what I've decided about the world. And as you become aware of how you see the world, you can imagine it as a screen, right? Um, we, you, you see the world through a screen and you think that you're just seeing the same world and you're kind of trying, you're confused because you can't figure out why other people are behaving so differently because you know how the world is, right? So you're seeing it through one screen. They're seeing it through a different screen of their early childhood decisions and life experiences. And we're all here in this kind of mess trying, to, you know, thinking that we're all in the same world and we're literally, literally, actually not. <clears throat> Okay. So we have these, these woundings, we grow up in this way and it shapes our per- perception. It, it shifts how we see the world, which shifts how we behave, which shifts how we, what we attract, um, which shifts how we see the world. So you see, it's a, it's a, it's a circle, right? It's a cycle. So the wounding and the perception are linked. So when a person comes to me and says, I just, I'm a hundred percent sure I'm not good enough. Then I don't tell them, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Good for you. Good girl. Good boy. Good for you. I don't. Because first of all, that's rude. You just told me something about yourself and I'm contradicting it. And I just met you. You've lived with yourself your whole life. If you've decided you're not good enough, 
okay, I will respect that. Right? I'm not going to contradict you. Instead, I'm going to say, okay, that's interesting because I know that it's not true about you because everybody's good enough. That's just, that's how it is. What does that even mean? Good enough. Good enough for what? Good enough for whom? Where's the standard? Who's judging us? Like all of a sudden, this escalated into massive questions, right? Fact of the matter is, if you don't know who's judging you, then how do you know you're not good enough? Who have you asked? Who, who, are, you, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you see it's this like innate comparison that you have un- deep in your system, but it's not meaningful in the real physical world until you make it so. So you at your core being are absolutely, you're, you're phenomenal. You're like an extraordinary, unbelievable, unfathomable. And these are all literal words. You literally cannot fathom the amazingness that you are. I would, I, you know, you would be in awe of yourself if you would get through the layers of bullshit that have laid like concrete over your core essence, your beautiful core essence, since essentially you were born. And here we are in the human condition. But it's not about not being good enough about thinking that you're not good enough, right? So so when when you shift those beliefs, so if you come to me and you say, hey, I feel like I'm not good enough, I feel as though I'm not good enough. That's just correct grammar. Let me just take a minute here. I feel like an apple. I feel like I am an apple versus I feel like um, I feel as though I'm not good enough, right? So I feel like something is like I feel like I am that thing as opposed to I don't feel like I'm tired. I feel as though I'm tired. That's not correct anyway, but a little pet peeve of mine, just correcting grammar as we go. Um, so, uh, so, at, so if you came to me and said, I feel as though I'm not good enough, I would say, thank you for your excellent grammar. And then I would say, okay, great. When do you first remember feeling that? Because at some point in your life, you were convinced that you're not good enough and you've, you've held that and you've built your world around it. Your physical body has grown around it. So when people start working with me, their physical bodies tend to change. People lose weight. People who need to gain weight tend to gain weight. They come into more balance because there's a reason why your body is shaped the way it is. And it's not just physical. Yes, what you eat and what you exercise will have something to do with it. But this layer is below that, meaning no matter how much you work out and eat correctly, if you have, um, let me give a common example, people who are, who are really heavy and uncomfortably so, not, they're, not, they're out of balance with their bodies, they, um, they're, they're carrying padding around them for something, right? Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's they're, they're taking responsibility for other people's shit. Maybe they're not really expressing their anger and emotions. Instead, they're holding it all in and it's creating padding, right? I had this issue. I had all of this um, weight all over my, uh, that I held in my body. It didn't matter what I did. And it didn't, it didn't matter what, um, what exercise, I did all the logical things, right? Nothing worked until I stopped taking responsibility for other people's shit until I stopped being a people pleaser. And those two things are the same thing. You're taking responsibility for their, for their response to you. I have to have her like me. <clears throat> well, I'm going to save you a lot of effort. Leave it alone. She's either going to or she's not. If you let go of that, it's a little scary at first. And as soon as your hands get down on the ground and your feet get down on the ground, you, you can really sit in that and be like, okay, if you like it, great. And if not, you can be sad about it. And then the sadness, once you feel it, will go, and then you can breathe, right? Either way, you're centered in yourself. So now I have almost no agenda as to whether or not someone likes me. People still really like me. I'm still great. You know, I'm like, I am who I am. I'm not like, fuck you. I don't because that's another defense. I don't need you to like me. There's a defense. That's not the same thing. I'm just saying, oh, that'd be great if you would like me. You don't like me? Okay, that's great too. Awesome. Right. So I'm able to sit in that centered place. And as such, when I made that connection, when I stopped um, caring for other people's um, for other people's uh, taking responsibility for other people's emotions. The weight fell off. 
because I wasn't carrying the underlying belief, right? And the belief has an energy sort of attached to it that the underlying of the physical is, is energy. It's like when you, that's when people are like, oh, I'm doing things with my energy. It's like, maybe they are, maybe not. There's also a lot of delusion for the people think they're feeling with energy and, and, and they're often not. But sometimes, but, but, but the way it's laid out is accurate, right? So there's this, you know, underlying energy. So when you shift your beliefs, you start running your energy differently. You know what? I'm just going to let you guys handle that. You know, you're angry at me. I'm just going to let you come and tell me when you're ready. I'm not going to worry about it and fuss and that you don't like me. And in that letting go, I disconnected from the part of myself that was holding on to the extra weight, holding on to the extra worry, right? I let it go. And as I let it go, the physical let go as well. Okay. It was a perception change. When I said, oh my God, I need people to like me. And you must love me. Otherwise I'll die. And that is absolutely a belief that I carried for many, for many years. When I released that, my perception shifted. Oh, actually, I, actually, you know what? I, I think I won't die if you don't like me. Hmm. Consider the possibility that maybe I won't die if, I, <clears throat> if I'm disliked by someone. And as I considered that possibility, I was able to drop in. I was able to see the world differently. Oh, I can survive without every single person's love. Interesting. So then my view of myself changed. Oh, I'm not who I thought I was. My view of others changed. Oh, you're not who I thought you were. Um, Oh, my relationship to you is not what I thought it had to be. So all this pressure came off. And what is pressure in a way? It can be described as weight. Coming back to the weight thing, right? Um, That weight released, pressure released, and my physical body followed. Okay. So those are two things which are totally, which seem totally unrelated, right? Um, How I feel inside versus how I look outside physically, not just like the expression on my face or something. Although also, you know, um, my whole face has changed. My whole face has, has, has narrowed. Um, And I wasn't, you know, I, massively overweight, but it was just, it was just padding everywhere. You know, I just had this sort of padding all over me because I thought I needed it. And so I kept it. And then I did some, a lot of work on myself. And I realized that I could be, I could be alive and happy and thrive without that and turn my focus to being alive and thriving instead of pleasing others and everything shifted. So when you shift your perception, everything changes, everything. And I thought this would be a really powerful post to do right now during the coronavirus because this global pandemic is sweeping the globe, okay? It's sweeping the world. Um, there's, as far as I know, no country that has not been affected by it, except North Korea, obviously. <laughs> um, and people are they're seeing it as, a, as a, a, a frightening thing. And in many ways, it's a frightening thing um, in the sense that there, are, there is risk and, and some danger in certain activities. Um, and I won't you know, say that it's not just, it's massively impacting the world. We're facing likely going into a, a depression of sorts, a mini depression of sorts. Um, People are losing their jobs all over the place. There's, you know, mass um, lockdowns in effect. It's a very intense time. So when we talk about perception, it's not just I can be like, oh, I can pretend the coronavirus isn't there. Like you can go into full denial, but then you'll probably, you know, walk into a grocery store and infect 30 people. So it's not that you don't want to be aware of your surroundings. And it's not about changing the world around you. It's about changing yourself. Again, this doesn't mean I can just decide that it's not happening because there's an, out, there's an outward reality, but I can decide how I deal with it, okay? That changes everything. Here we are again, right? So so for example, I could take this, um, I could take, this experience and I could make it into a total panic fest, fear, uncertainty, 
um, discomfort. I could focus on all those things. Yes, all those things are happening. Not, you know, that a lot of people are feeling that. Or taking the same precautions, you know, I'm not going into grocery stores. I'm not going into places that, that uh, I could get people sick or I could get sick. But I can see it as an incredible opportunity, right? We're literally being asked to stay home on our couches. Like of all of the, well, at least in this country, you know, and in, 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 in a lot of countries, a lot of countries are also having a really, a lot harder time. But in the US, which is where I am, a lot of us just need to stay home, right? And I, I saw a cute meme <laughs> on Facebook that it was like COVID memes all over the place, of course. And because um, nobody has anything to do but stay home and make them. And, um, and one said, uh, you know, your grandfathers were called to war. You're being called to sit on your couch. You could do this. <laughs> and it was, and it's like, it's really true. And yet people are having a really hard time because this is a generation that's never seen war come to our, um, to our, uh, our shores, right? There have been wars elsewhere, but there's a, there's a disconnect for people there. And we're a pretty like entitled and privileged and, and, you know, maybe selfish generation. And so this is a real shock, which is maybe not a negative thing. So, so in this sort of wake up call, we have an opportunity in everything. We have an opportunity. You can collapse and you can, um, you know, go, go into fear. You can, you can uh, withdraw yourself from society. You can lose your mind. You can drive yourself crazy and your mental, or you can be like, wow, I've got a couple of weeks or a couple of months of being given a lot of space. It's like a vacation that you have to take. So if you weren't taking vacation before, and this is an opportunity for you to, uh, that, that, that pushes you to do that. You must stop now. And we are not creatures that like to stop. We don't like to be inconvenienced. We work through hurricanes. We work through earthquakes. We, you know, we don't want to stop our little, tiny, meaningless human agendas for anything, including the great natural world. Oh, but you're flying incessantly is... Um, you know, is ratcheting up global warming to an extreme extent and, uh, and, and you're hurting the planet. Oh, yeah, that's such a bummer. I'm going to go anyway. Oh, okay. Hey, your single-use plastics are, um, you know, being washed into the ocean and are killing uh, animals at the bottom of the food chain, which is thus killing a huge amount of... Uh, of marine life. Oh yeah, that, that is a bummer. I, I just, I really want this bottle of water. I just really do. Hmm. Okay. So there's a real resistance to being inconvenienced, to being disrupted. And here we are with a mandatory disruption and mandatory kiddos is the only way it was going to happen because we weren't stopping. I just want to, I'm just going to take this one trip. You know, I'm just going to, the planet is so fucking happy right now. It is so happy. The animals are coming out of the woodworks. They're like (laughs) videos of like peacocks dancing in the streets and the pollution is clearing up and like a huge, I mean, it's really quite fascinating to look at the environmental impact of us just fucking stopping. We're not even, it's not even like a huge thing. It's all you need to do is just like stay home, you know? It is a huge thing, but you know what I mean. So, um, so even such a simple disruption as can you stay home for a while? You're not starving. You're not in pain. You're not dying. You just need to tolerate your family and, and stay, not even need to stay indoors. You just need to stay away from other people, right? Some people need to stay indoors. If you're in a city, you need to stay indoors. But I live out in the country and you can go wander around a mountain where there's, there's nobody that's gonna, um, that you're going to come in contact with. So, so this to me is an incredibly powerful opportunity, right? You can play video games and watch movies through this and just try to like skip the time as much as possible. But I really invite you to, to sit 
in the, oppor- in, in the opportunity to sit in what's happening now. Okay, I seem to have to stop. You can skip time, but are you going to do that until you die? Like, when does that stop? Right? If you were tolerating work up until now, and now you're ugh, rolling your eyes because you have to be quarantined and you're going to, you can't wait to go back to work and, you know, roll your eyes about work again. Right? So notice the pattern there is you just trying to get through it. Oh, I just need to get through it. You're going to die like that. You're going to just get through all of life. I'm telling you that that is a factual thing. Because if, if it wasn't, it's not like, oh, I was, I couldn't wait to get out of work and now I'm out of work and I'm in love with it, right? That's a different thing. Then you really want to get out of work. Then I highly recommend you find a different job because you're clearly miserable, right? Um, So observing your mindset is essential to creating the kind of life that, that will make you feel fulfilled, right? And open and, uh, and satisfied and happy. So if you're not those things and you weren't before the virus, then it's time to look inward, okay? Take advantage of this opportunity. It's incredible. It may not ever come again in this generation. The opportunity to just stop. Don't just pick back up when they say you can leave the house and go back to life the way it was. That's a waste. It's a waste of a huge opportunity. Does that make sense? Um, You are seeking something outside of yourself which cannot be outside of yourself, right? You're scurrying around looking for something outside and then you can't figure out why it's not landing, why it's not, why you're not happy. Take the time to look inward. Stop your scurrying. Stop your video games. Stop your movies streaming from one thing to the next. Oh God, now what am I going to do to pass the time? Pass the time? This is life. This is life you're passing. There's no, there's, there's nothing else. There's nothing after this. If you can't stand your own company enough to sit with yourself and find joy, you better call me up for a session. <laughs> I'm going to send you there. You go dominiedrew.com right now. And on my contact page, you can set up a session with me. Because that's crazy town. You can't tolerate your own self. But you are, that, that's a relationship that's going to last for the rest of your life. In fact, it's the only relationship that's guaranteed to last for the rest of your life. Is yours with you. I had a teacher once say, she was so great. She said, there are three yous. There's the you people think you are. There's the you you think you are. And there's the you you really are. And this is a journey about learning to differentiate those people. And eventually you let go of the first two and you just be yourself. And the words and and the world just loves it just loves it so so we have a question on facebook live here so alex says alex thank you so much for writing in he says i struggle with a and b i struggle with a and b starting a relationship a announcing i want to be in a relationship and b stating boundaries and expectations i gotcha it's like a is my accommodating and B is feeling belittled. What can I do to better practice my dating experience to work toward a relationship? First step, check in with yourself. Is a relationship what you really want? Is that what you, what what, uh, feels like it lights you up, the idea that lights you up? I ask because there's a lot of, people who think they want to be in relationships or like the idea of relationships 
Um, and it's not even necessarily something they want or they don't quite want it in the way they think they do. So the answer may not be no, but I, I invite you to explore your intentions around that so that they're conscious. Now, announcing you want to be in a relationship and B, stating boundaries and expectations. So A, is my accommodating and B, is feeling belittled. So give me just a second. I'm just going to feel into this. So, Alex, I don't know if you're still listening, if you're still on Facebook Live or not, but for me, there's a disconnect in A. Announcing you want to be in a relationship, I don't think is related to accommodating. For me, as I feel into it, it it feels like clarity. It feels like there may be a, a kind of a, uh, a scattering in you, like a lack of clarity. Um, announcing I want to be in a relationship comes the comfort in announcing you want to be in a relationship. I don't know if you mean in general, the way I just asked that, that general question, or if you mean announcing it to the person you're, you're interested in. Either way, there's a clarity of your feelings and a confidence in self. Okay. There's a, I have this interest, I'm clear on how I feel, and I'm comfortable expressing it to you. So for me, that feels like clarity. But to me, the clarity for you, the lack of clarity is coming from a lack, from a disconnect from yourself. Okay. When you disconnect from yourself, a lot of things happen. One is you can't feel yourself so well. Two is you can't feel others as well. You tend to miss social signals, things like that. Three is you um, have a hard time feeling yourself. So when somebody loves you, you might have a hard time receiving it. Not that you're you have trust issues or walls up or anything like that, but you just can't feel. You can't feel. Um, yourself as strongly as you want to. When you connect to yourself and that becomes your default place and then you ground, then you will be able to speak from a place of power effortlessly. That will be your, that will become your default. Now, the part um, about stating boundaries and expectations. This will also come from clarity, but I don't feel an, uh, an unclarity in this part of the problem for you. <clears throat> it feels more like timidity. You said feeling belittled. Yes, I, the words that came to me were self-worth. A lack of self-worth. Okay. Because there's a there's a confidence that comes when you love yourself when you have fallen in love with yourself which is the single best journey i've ever been on in my entire life that then people will not be able to belittle you that you will then, I'm going to say you will stand up for your boundaries and expectations. You will just naturally, but you won't even need to stand up for them. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating. <clears throat> when you solve the problem from um, the, the wounding, from the perception up. So let's say you've got problem A. When you come to me with problem A, I don't help you solve problem A because you're smart. And if problem A could be solved, um, then you would have solved it already. Bear with me. Instead, you come to me, we shift things around at a very deep level, and suddenly there is no problem A. (laughs) So it's not that you're finding a solution like A plus. 
it's that the problem disappears. Right? It's not, it's not there anymore. So it's like, man, I have a hard time um, standing up for myself. I'm not going to tell you, oh, try using this tone or these words or things like that because it's bullshit. That's not your problem. Problem is you don't believe in yourself or you're not comfortable standing in your power or you don't love yourself enough to stand up for yourself. Imagine you were your own child. Would you just let someone beat up on your child the way you let people beat up on you? Would you just let people walk all over someone you love? Fuck no. You would stand up and you'd be like, uh, excuse me, that's not cool. But you won't do that for yourself. Why not? Because it's easier to love others. But if we solve the underlying issue of self-worth, you won't need to... You probably wouldn't even need to state your boundaries and expectations, but you could, you could state it. I was mean, you wouldn't have to fight for it because people wouldn't, when you come at something with confidence, it doesn't occur to people to belittle you, right? It would never come up. So they're not inclined. The thing that causes people to belittle you is that a little weakness in that relationship to self, that connection to self. When that is strong, I mean, I don't, you know, people used to, I just realized this actually as, I'm, as I'm speaking, people used to try to humiliate me all the time, all the time, but like it was, was it was, it wasn't uncommon teasing and, you know, rude jokes or snarkiness or whatever. And I'm just realizing as I'm saying this, nobody does that anymore. You know, if they did, I wouldn't react the same, but it also just doesn't come up. They're not as inclined. Whatever in me was radiating outward that was causing them to um, mock me is no longer there. So then they don't find they're inclined to. That's it. They don't want to. They don't need to. Isn't that interesting? So when I say you're changing your perception changes everything, I mean changing your perception changes fucking everything. There's nothing it does not change. That is the magic of this world. It's entirely and completely malleable. It just looks like it isn't. And people tend to, to try to fix it from the outside in, and that's the backwards way, so they don't get results. And that then reinforces the fact that it looks like it's solid and unchangeable. It's a great fallacy of humanity. So I hope that helps, Alex. Um, I, would, I would work on the, 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 the clarity, the relationship with yourself, staying connected to yourself in your own power, in an undefended way. I'm standing powerfully. I don't need to defend that. That's just factual. Um, and then with B, um, feeling belittled, boundaries and expectations, self-worth. Comes down to self-worth, right? When you feel fear, oh man, I don't want to say this. Why? If it's something you need, boundaries and expectations are needs, right? So it's not like, a, oh boy, I sure hope she'll give me her pet elephant. You know, these are <clears throat> boundaries and expectations. So, so next time you talk, feel fear about that, look at it. Take a moment. Look inward. What is the actual fear? Oh God, if I state these boundaries and expectations, she's going to leave. Okay, then she's not the right one. Can you let her go? Because chances are, if the answer is no to that, then there may be some fear around not um, being able to find someone else. And there you step out of your power. I'm not good enough to find someone else. I have her. If I let her go, I'm never going to find someone else. Boom, you're out of your power. And when you step out of your power, people start walking on you. Right? <laughs> Again belittling you and, 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 and things like that. So I would look at that. What is it that makes you think you can't find someone who matches your boundaries and expectations? If that is your, if that's your experience. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Feel free. Uh, you know, Facebook live has updated, so I don't, I'm not, rec I'm not familiar with this uh, format, but if you're listening and you have questions and you'd like to write them in the comment section, please do. Um, and I will address them as I can. 
updates are always such an unfortunate thing um, because I have to learn how to use things all over again. So anyway, so perception. So this, um, this COVID experience is really, um, is, is, a, is, is, a, is really an extraordinary opportunity. And what you are doing with it is, is a, a really strong indicator. Okay. You can do what you want. You can pass the time, get back out there as soon as you can, get back to living life the way you were. But you'll miss the gift that's inherent in this, right? You'll miss the opportunity. Whereas if you see this as a, oh man, I can stop. I can vacation. I can rest. I can read that book I've always wanted to. I can meditate the amount I've always wanted to. I can book those sessions with Domini that I've always wanted to. I'm so excited for that. I can join her group, her eight-week program. I'm just going to keep plugging here because I'm alone in the podcast, so nobody can stop me. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I can join her group. I can start self-transformation. I just wrote a post on my, uh, on my page and in my group with my clients that said, this is the absolute perfect time for self-work. And I really meant that. This is the perfect time. If you've been putting it off, why? Why not, you know, now, now's, the, now's the moment, isn't it? It's certainly a moment that you can take. And so if you perceive it differently, then your entire experience can change, okay? It can go from, from fear and boredom to a rich rich invitation to move inward and to experience life in a new way, in a better way. And then when we go back to work, you take that with you and boom, you've leveled up your life. But if you've always been bitching about wanting to get shit done and stuff like that, and you aren't doing it now, then you're just bitching, right? Maybe you just like to bitch, which is fine, but then know that that is what you're doing. Okay. Don't feel like a victim. There's no need to feel like a victim. You're not. Your life is exactly what you want to make of it. Whatever that is, doesn't matter. Okay? Nobody cares except for you. You get to make it what you want. You don't need me to pump you up with motivational bullshit. It's everywhere in the world, right? Just know this as fact. Your life right now in this moment is exactly the way you've made it. Okay? Is, are you responsible for the coronavirus? You are not. However, other than like outside circumstances, and I don't mean your, your, your family because that's, this is how you respond. You could be living this entire quarantine full of joy, full of light, full of radiance, right? You could be taking a class or learning a language or learning an instrument or reading a book that you've, you, know, you can't wait to read. You're not a victim. Nobody is. That's not a thing. That's a cop-out, okay? Because you're afraid of stepping into your power and becoming what you want to be, okay? So when you begin to see yourself that way, oh, man, I just wish that... Stop. Turn inward. This vessel, this physical body that you are in right now is your responsibility. No one else's. I tell my, my guys off a lot for this, my clients, um, because they'll say, oh, I, j- I just want to make her happy, right? They come to me because they're single and they're lonely and they, they work there for a while and they clear their issues and they get into relationships. And then they go, oh man, I just want to, because it's ongoing, my program, it's an eight week program, but then you can stay in the coaching. So it's essentially like live coaching, um, and right now I do individual coaching as well. But if you do the, the live coaching with me, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a session every single week um, for the full year. So you get like a huge amount of, um, of value. I don't even know what that works out to um, per session. I wonder what it is. Let's see. So the, the group itself, yes, yeah, $53 per session with me. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, so, so that's you know that's what it, it works out to be if you you, you know you, you stay in the group for the for the full year. So it's a fair, incredible value. 
So, <clears throat> so they'll come to me and they'll say, I, I just want to make her happy. And I'll say, I'm going to stop you right there because that's not possible. Okay. She's only going to be happy if she wants to be happy. You can open the door. It's the same thing with me. I don't force anyone to let go of their defenses or change who they are ever. I just invite, I show you what you're doing. That's screwing yourself over. And I show you the way out. That's it. That's what they pay me for. <laughs> it's like I have the, <clears throat> I show you the owner's manual to your vessel, to your vehicle, your human vehicle, because we just didn't get fucking owner's manuals, did we? Right? We're up there, we're trying to make something of ourselves, and we don't really know how we work. I don't know why I'm still single. I don't know why I can't get on stage and sing. I don't know why I can't make more money. I don't know why I don't feel successful or happy, even though I have all the things that I want in life, right? These are very, very real issues. And so I show you what it is in your system that you're carrying around that's causing these issues and what to do about it. That's it. Simple. I don't make you do it. It's not my job. See? I'm not taking responsibility for there. So this is this is the the healed place where before I was not like, oh my God, I gotta fix you. Oh my gosh, I gotta help you, I gotta fix you. Um, they don't need to be fixed. How disrespectful a thought that was of me. Right? How how engrandizing of myself, I can fix you. And you, lowly being, you need my help. And I will give it to you because I'm gracious. I mean, there's like so much bullshit in that way of thinking, right? Instead, I've got, no, I've got a skill set. It's pretty badass. I'm not going to lie about it. It's not for everybody because not everybody is willing to look inward. They're too, they get too scared or they get defensive or whatever, right? So I show them the way. I open the door. Here's what you're doing. Mystery solved. I wonder why I've been single for so long. Well, here's why. And we do that usually in the first session. Usually in the first session with me, we can figure that out. Um, sometimes it'll take two, um, it'll take two sessions to, to find out the reason why, but pretty much always it's in one. Uh, Aaron Joyce says, well, well, we don't have owner's manuals. It would be great if we got yearly inspections. I know. Or an owner's manual. That'll tell you how to do the inspections. Um, Joshua's sharing here is a current client of mine. Hi, Joshua. He says, I remember when stopping was an issue. Yep. Thank you for helping me through that. Alex, I can attest, he says, before my work with Domini, I couldn't stand being in the present. And by the time I noticed my boundaries were violated, all I could do was react. That is such a great observation. Thank you for sharing that, Joshua. Um, it really, it's, that, 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 that really is a thing. That's a great way of saying it. It's like, I didn't even know there was a problem until I'm in an abusive relationship or something like that, right? And then you're like, oh my God, my boundaries feel violated. Whereas if you're more in your body, you're present, you're in the moment, um, you can, uh, you can uh, see it coming, right? Guys come to me often and they're like, I, don't, I, I can't seem to recognize red flags. It's like, well, you're probably not in your body, first of all, because you're not there to notice them. Same thing I was talking about with, uh, with Alex. There's a, a kind of a scattering or a coming out of your body. And when you do that, you don't notice. You can't feel others. So when you, if you have a difficult time reading signals, chances are you're probably not in your body. Okay? Um, so so there's, there's really a huge amount that can be gained from being in your body. And that in itself is a really powerful perception shift. Okay? So how do you shift that? So the way that you shift your, your perception is to first notice it, right? Most of us are sort of sitting here, we're looking out through our eyes and we're assuming that what we see is, is, is reality. So instead, start to see what you see as your perspective, as your perception, okay? Here's the shift, here's the example. Uh, you've been in lots of relationships through your life. All of your relationships have uh, cheated on you, right? And you're like, oh man, uh, men are just cheaters, right? And you make a huge generalization about all men or all women. Man, women are just, they just cheat, right? Or you're in five relationships with men 
and you, uh, they all leave you. You're like, man, men just don't want to commit. Okay. So women are cheaters. Men don't want to commit. And neither of those are are hundred percent true, right? The fact of the matter is lots of women cheat and lots of men don't want to commit and lots of, whoops, sorry, different setup than usual. Um, you know, lots, uh, lots of men do want to commit. I've got a whole group, ladies, you want men you come find me. I got a whole group of single men that are looking, looking to commit. All they want to do is commit. Bless it. So, <laughs> so, um, so it's not across the board, but when you make it those huge generalizations, I was just talking about this in an interview, uh, yesterday for, um, uh, for a, a podcast with a friend of mine and he, uh, his name is Dwayne. He's fantastic. It should be coming out. I'll have it on my Facebook page. Um, and he, uh, and we were talking about this. I'm like, when you, when you make it like, oh, men do this or women are like that, then they're, you're out of control, right? You're a victim. Well, if all women cheat, you are fucked. And that's a fact, right? All women don't cheat, but you've decided that all women do cheat. So as far as you're concerned, that's, that's the way it is, which means even if a woman comes to you and, and has no intention of cheating, you will assume she's cheating and you will push her away and she will be, she will lose attraction and then she will feel more available and then someone else will snap her up and she will absolutely cheat on you. So you will create what you decide is true in the world, right? But if you can shift it from, man, men just don't want to commit to, huh, I seem to attract, notice the difference in the sentence, men, dot, 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 versus I seem to attract, dot, 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 okay? I seem to attract men who aren't really that committed. I wonder why that is. Now that we can work with because now you're making a, a true statement because men don't want to commit. It's not a true statement. It's an opinion. And it's not even a good one because you've dated, you know, and, and heard of maybe a hundred or 200 men that you've, you know, cause, cause it'll be in your life experience. You'll see other people getting cheated on as well. A couple hundred out of, Four billion. It's not a it's not a sizable control group. Not good. So your experience is incredibly limited. Yes, it is your experience, and yes, it's been a hundred percent. But you are biased. You are seeing the world through a screen. There's something you're doing that's causing women to cheat on you. Nothing wrong with you. Don't go into bullshit in your head. It's just something you're doing. Something you're carrying. Some belief you have about yourself that attracts you to women who are unfaithful. Change the underlying belief, thus change your perception, and change the pattern. This is how I do what I do. And it's absolute goddamn magic. So you just, and you just um, heard from Joshua on the, uh, on the Facebook live here. It's, it's, it's absolute magic. I've taken people out of, uh, you know, patterns they've had for their entire life. Um, and, and turned it around to where suddenly they're, you know, they were always cheated on. Now, now they've found loyalty, they've found faithfulness, or they were always um, lonely and can never find the right one. And then they're in relationships and they're happy and they're fulfilled. It, whatever your issue is, it doesn't matter. Okay. I know it looks like it's unfixable, but please know that is never the case. Okay. So let me just see if there's anything else I want to touch on before we close. Oh, yes. So let me continue this thought. So so the, the perception, so shifting it from being a victim, right? Victim mode. Oh, men are just like this. Women are just like this. Women are crazy. Men are stupid, right? We've all got our, our shit going on, right? There you're a victim. But if you take responsibility for the shit that's happened to you in your life and let yourself get curious about, I wonder why that's happened, it's in your control to fix. You, you move from being a, a state of victimhood to a state of empowerment from there's nothing I can do to, oh, I can fix that. That is step one. Okay. Notice the patterns in your life. Do you continuously get abused, walked on, unappreciated, bored? Um, Boredom is a defense. If you're bored here with the coronavirus, that's a defense, right? There's no reason to be bored. All right. There is infinite, infinite richness in every moment. And you could sit there and tune in and be alight with happiness. So if you're not, then there's a dissatisfaction inside you 
that you're holding on to and you will be dissatisfied and bored no matter how fascinating the world is around you. You're unable to appreciate it. And so you can, you can tell because you can be like, okay, was I bored a few minutes ago? I wasn't bored five minutes ago, but I'm definitely bored now. Why now? What just happened that made you go into boredom? Because it's not, it's not like a, a logical thing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, of course you're bored. Why? You literally have the, uh, the entire planet's worth of knowledge, just about everybody does, at their fingertips, right? Endless entertainment and learning and joy and appreciation and expansion of yourself, deepening of yourself. So if you're turning away from that and being like, oh, I'm bored, be suspicious of that, okay? That's not like a, an accurate, logical thing, okay? And we often take it as such, which is why I took a moment to say that. So that's how you start to change your perception. Start by showing, by, by looking for the pattern and taking responsibility for it. Okay. Whatever it is, doesn't matter what your pattern is. It's irrelevant. Either way, it's a pattern and, uh, and there's, there's something that you're doing that's creating it. So, um, if you want to accelerate that process, I highly, highly, highly recommend working with someone. I'm me. So I highly recommend working with me because I've solved every problem anybody's ever brought to me. I'm not solving it, but they want to solve it. And I show them the way that's actually how it goes. Um, and, and it accelerates the process, right? When you work with someone, because you're dealing with stuff that's inside your psyche, that's within your own perception and you see things the way you see things. So it's very difficult to, to sort of, it's like trying to see the back of your head. You know what I mean? You have blind spots. You need someone else to come in and say, uh, and just know what you just said there. Let's, let's, let's look at that. And you go, oh my God, I just, I just assumed that was true. Yes, you did. That's the fucking problem. You assumed that what you believe to be true is in fact true. It's not. It's an assumption. Whatever it is, it's an assumption. And so when you challenge that and you see it as something you're carrying, see the difference between men are and I seem to be attracting is right here. Oh, I'm carrying a belief. That's not just the way it is. Nope, it's not just the way it is. It's what you're doing, which is leading to this thing that's making you unhappy. So you can go in and you can do it uh, on your own. Some people like to do that. It takes a lot longer and it's less, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to do, to do on your own, <clears throat> honestly. Um, because of these blind spots and, and, um, and when you work with someone who does, who does what I do, there's an acceleration, right? I'm just going to go straight to the core of the issue and uh, address it right there on the call. Okay. So, um, so the thought that I want to leave you with the sentiment I want to leave you with is begin to see everything as your own perception. Let that be the filter through which you see the world. Step back from what you know or think to be true. And instead, question it. Instead, View it as your perception. Allow this to become your default mode. And you will see great changes in your life. If I can help, please don't hesitate to reach out. DominiDrew.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was useful. Um, Please follow me, subscribe. Uh, like my Facebook page. I'm on Instagram. Um, and if you're interested in, in help, please reach out to me <clears throat> in any of those places. I'm not on Instagram a whole lot, but uh, usually on, on Facebook or via my website is the best place. And I'll be very, very, very happy to talk about how we can help. We can get on a free call and see uh, if we're a good fit to work together and how I can help. Thank you guys so much. Uh, if you know somebody who would benefit from this, please share. Um, if you know uh, people who would be a good fit for the show, I do interviews. I'm a speaker. I, I do groups. I do workshops. I teach. This is my absolute passion. I love creating change it, you know, in, a, in a group of people you know, at, a, at a convention or a workshop. 
uh, and creating a massive change right there in the moment. Um, you know, panels, teleseminars, things like that just light me up. So um, if, if any of that resonates, then by all means, reach out. And thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.